Have you ever wondered a small part of why the New England Patriots, besides well-owned, well-coached, well-managed, and obviously know how to uh, (laughs) avoid controversy or deal with controversy, whatever the case may be. But one of the, uh, it's just, it's more than a, it's more than a uh, common, it's, it's more than just, oh, idle chatter. The New England Patriots are very successful in large part because of geography. And that geography is that they find themselves in the AFC Eastern Division or Eastern, Eastern, I guess, Division, yeah. In the Eastern Division or Eastern Conference or Eastern whatever of the AFC. They're in the AFC East. That has played a small role. You've heard me say in the past that it's really nice when you know that you, pros- you possibly start almost every year at 6-0 and with the schedule, six being 6-0 and because you play the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins each twice. And at the very least, in each of those football games, you are going to be the favorite team. As long as Tom Brady is the quarterback and Bill Belichick is the coach, they will be favored in that division. It's quite obvious after all this time. We can't keep putting our head in the sand and thinking Don Shula is going to come back and save the Dolphins. Ain't going to happen. The reason I say that as I introduce you and welcome you to this 371st episode of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you, the SCORE television network, they have an app, and I have the app on my phone. And the app has ranked the weakest, or excuse me, the strongest to the weakest divisions in the National Football League. So number one is the best, number eight is the worst. That's how they've ranked them. I want to see how good Chris is. Now, I know Chris is a smart guy. He's a world-class card player, very good gambler, um, smart fella, a lot smarter than I am. Um, but I want to see how good he really is. I want to see one through eight, and I think for a little dramatic effect, we should start eight and work up to one. Okay. Okay, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Okay, so uh, just full disclosure here, before we went on the air, I immediately brought up the AFC East as the worst. I knew that would be last, and obviously, as you could tell by Mike's preamble, that was uh, there in eighth. And then I also right away thought that uh, seventh would be the NFC East, because those are the t- the Eastern ones are the ones that come to mind, which is weird, based on that's where the media tells you all the cool teams should be. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, just to break them down, though, AFC East... These are my guesses for this list. They're not necessarily my own personal rankings. Right. So the AFC East, well, it probably should be last. Uh, I'll have to analyze that a little further. But uh, I want to say, first of all, the Miami Dolphins will be the worst team in football this year. They're looking at zero or one or two wins, maybe. Uh, I don't even think they have they'll, the best schedule. They'll beat New England in, in Miami. In week, in week, <laughs> yeah, week 17, they'll, they'll beat New England or whatever. But yeah. Uh, but I want to say the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets I absolutely expect to be much improved this year for a bunch of different reasons, and I'm excited to see what they can do. I don't think there's any way in hell the New England Patriots are sweeping the division this year. They are not going 6-0 against this division. They usually lose to Miami right there, and uh, while I think they should sweep Miami this year, I don't think they're going to sweep the other two teams. Uh, The NFC East, Philadelphia should still be a good team. Washington, I don't think so. Trent Williams has said he's never playing for them again, which is, you know, their important left tackle. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was a great draft pick. He might take some time to develop. Uh, I just I don't know about the Redskins. 
the New York Giants are going to be terrible, as everybody knows. And I want to say this. The Dallas Cowboys are going to suck this year. I mean, bad. I know that Leighton Van Der Esch looks good. Dallas Cowboys are going to suck. Take that to the bank. Okay, so I'm going to take a guess here. Now with number six, I'm going to say the AFC North. AFC North, they have as number six. That is correct. Wow, I'm three for three so far. AFC North is number six. Um, They're not high on... Can the continued success of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a uh, little bit of, of upheaval there the last couple of years, out, outside the norm of upheaval in regard to Pittsburgh. They are usually the, the you know, epitome of cool and class, and they don't nothing really gets them too excited. They just did give head coach Mike uh, Tomlin. Uh, Tomlin a one-year contract extension. Uh, but Baltimore is a question mark with quarterback and some of their losses on defense. No question, and Cincinnati is Cincinnati. So, a lot of uh, a lot of questions in that division, I think, and and that's probably why Cleveland is number one going in, and I think that's why in this poll they put the AFC North as the sixth ranked uh, division in the National Football. Oh, absolutely! Well, I'm glad I got that one right. Uh, I'm so feeling... now we're looking at number five. Who do you like at number five? I, I'm feeling the pressure here now, but uh, okay, so. As uh, at number five, I put down the AFC South. Oh, I told you you're good at this. You're Is that four right? For four. The AFC South, they had at number five. The AFC wow. South, obviously constituting Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis, and Houston. And um, some questions at quarterbacks, obviously. Nick Foles takes over in Jacksonville. But uh, again, in this poll, ranking this, the strongest to weakest divisions, this poll has the AFC South at number five. You're four for four. Thank you. The uh, Well, and I love the Colts this year. And the Texans are as good as a team that's uh, got a shitty coach can be. And uh, the Jags, I have no clue what they're going to do this year. I can't figure them out at all. So uh, And Tennessee, actually, I have no idea either. So that's just a that's just a tough division to figure out, except I think Indy will be very, very good. I, I really would like, like to make one, one and I've been reading a lot about this, and, uh, and what I'm hearing from a lot of different analysts this year is that this is, as we talk about the AFC South, and obviously as we get closer to the season, like we did last year, we'll probably have a, a preview and whatever, you know, something to chew on in regard to taking a quick look at, at all 32 teams. But one keep I keep one thing I keep hearing in regard to the AFC, uh, AFC South is in regard to Marcus Mariota. This is a big year for Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. If Marcus Mariota doesn't play up to what a lot of people are thinking as the second overall draft pick a couple of years ago, there be there might be some questions as to the future. I'm reading that there might be some the Adams family, which owns not the Adams <laughs> yeah. family, but the Adams family yeah. that owns the Tennessee Titans may have some future questions about him as their number one, you know, being the number one guy uh, th- through the next decade, let's say. This is going to be a big year for Marcus Mariota in uh, Nashville for sure. Nice. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, I made this list in about two minutes when Mike told me what was going to happen here. So I'm pretty happy with getting yeah, the, the bottom Yeah, the spontaneity has been good. So let's go to number four right now. The number four... According to this poll, what they have is the okay. number four, fourth strongest division in the National Football League. Okay, I had three and four pretty much interchangeable here, and my gut's telling me I'm wrong, but I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to guess that your list, which I have not seen, I'm mm-hmm. going to guess that your list at number four has the NFC South. It does not. Okay, is it the NFC West? It does not. 
Well, they number well, four they have on this really? list is the NFC North. The NFC North constituting obviously. Oh, that's the, wrong. The sh- that's wrong. Well, that, this is just somebody's opinion. Oh, and here, the reason I didn't get that because I have the NFC North number one. Well, they have it number four. Okay, so they have the NFC North number four. They have the NFC North number four. Well, I mean, because Green Bay, I don't know if people realize how strong top to bottom both the Packers and the Bears rosters are. And uh, Detroit it will still be bad, but they've got uh, they've still got a very solid. Actually, the Vikings and Lions both have a quite a, a lot of defensive players I really like. So, uh, yeah, that's who NFC North at number four. Okay, that is interesting. Okay, let's go to number three then. Well, um, then I'll, I'll just have to guess the NFC yeah, South guess. is number three. Nope, they've got the NFC West as number three. Wow. The NFC West with the LA Rams, San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks, and the Arizona Cardinals, who aren't going to be much better than a college team. Okay, so the top two teams are the two West So the two, top two teams, one is AFC West and two is NFC South. Oh, I see how we, oh yeah, okay. So one was the AFC West, two was the NFC South, three was the NFC West, four was the NFC North, five was the AFC South, six was the AFC North, seven was the NFC East, and eight was the AFC East. I see, and as soon as I started uh, seeing that my picks were not in line with what you said, immediately my first thought was that the AFC West was going to be number one because everyone's going to be so high on... Patrick Mahomes, the hot Patrick Mahomes yep. train, yep. especially with Tyreek now not serving any suspension. And uh, the Chargers, of course, but they've got some questionable things going on, not the least of which is Melvin Gordon holdout, although they do have other good running I backs. I also think a lot of people are... are Severely overrating the Raiders? Uh, that, and I also think they're expecting too much out of the Denver Broncos. Oh, yes. Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco, folks. His last memorable game was about, what, 2012 in the Super Bowl? I I'm, I might be f- being facetious, but Joe Flacco's best days are behind him. And if he is their second coming of Peyton Manning coming out to save the Broncos' skin, more specifically uh, the tooth's skin, meaning Elway, um, Vic Fangio's a good coach. There's no question. But Vic Fangio's never been a head coach at 62 years old. There's a reason. Um, the tooth is on the hook for a lot of things in Denver this year, folks. He's got two unbelievable defensive ends in Von Miller and uh, Bradley Chubb. But besides that, you're banking, you're putting an awful lot of bang for your buck on Joe Flacco, folks. And uh, yeah, Baltimore went with Lamar Jackson before they brought back Joe Flacco. What does that say? Oh, I'm geez. Okay. What so, does that say? Well, I know, but the, yeah, the, the Broncos. Los Angeles is, I'm sorry, but Los Angeles is still good even with or without Melvin Gordon. Los Angeles, the Chargers are going to be good. The Chiefs are going to be good. And we know, obviously, uh, uh, the uh, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Raiders are overrated. I, I don't I don't see, I, I, the, because they've got Antonio Brown and they've got Derek Carr and they've, they're one year closer to Las Vegas, we hope, as long as their stadium gets built on time. Mm-hmm. But, no. They're okay, putting way too much into, into all four of those teams in that AFC. Yeah, West. they really are. So here's the thing with the Raiders. Even if you think they're not overrated, which they are, but even let's say you don't. Okay. Even if you're right, somebody, fictitious person who loves the Raiders, which there's (laughs) going to be a lot of, even if you think they're not overrated, let's look at this schedule. Are you ready for this? This is like, this is like, isn't there, I'm sorry, but isn't there like a six or eight week period where they're on the road? Yes. Okay. So, (laughs) so they get their first two games are at home. Okay. So that's great. 
But, and the first one is a Monday nighter against Denver. They'll get to play on the baseball diamond in Oakland Alameda County Toilet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So they could easily win. They're favored by two to two and a half right now at home against the Denver Broncos in week one. That's winnable. Not guaranteed. It's a divisional game. Anything can happen. For sure. And week two... Great, they're at home, but not only is it a divisional game, the Chiefs are coming to town, and that one's not going to go so well no. for the Raiders. No. Okay, so that's now we've had two games at home. They don't play at home again until November. Oh my God. And not only that, <laughs> let's see what they're doing while they're on the road. How is this for a nightmare road trip? You think you're going some to nightmare? London, aren't they? Well, they sure are, but. Um... <laughs> they sure are. Okay, so they're going. At Minnesota, which even if you don't like Minnesota, yep. uh, tremendous home field advantage. No question. Tremendous home field yep. advantage. Yep. At Indy, who could win the Super Bowl this year and plays very, very well at home in their controlled conditions at home. Mm-hmm. Next one. Uh, technically a home game in London against the Chicago Bears. Uh, without Trubisky, uh, probably the most solid roster up and down uh, in the league. Uh, that's not going to go well for them either. And then they're going to the frozen oh, the tundra. Mack. The Khalil Mack Bowl, too. Exactly, and Khalil yeah. Mack wants yeah. revenge. And then they go to Green Bay. You think Mike Daniels wants revenge. How about Khalil Mack torching the shit out yeah, of Derek Yeah, but Hart? again, that's different. Khalil Mack didn't have a choice as to where he was going. Oh, and I'm sure he's happy that he's gone. Yeah. But you don't think he wants to prove, just kind oh, of for sure he does. drive the screws in for a little sure bit? For sure he does. Okay, and then when they come back, are they going all the way back to the West Coast? No, they're going to the frozen tundra of Green Bay, and that's not going to go well for them with Aaron Rodgers at home. Then they travel (laughs) to Houston, Texas to take on Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, and J.J. Watt uh, gets to, you know, it's not going to go. So assuming that Derek Carr is still alive after facing Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt and this hellacious (laughs) schedule... And they make it to through all that. It's going to be November. What like what's the high water mark? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So after their first seven games, what one and six, two and five is two I, and five. I, I'm like going to say I, I'm going to say two and five. Two and five is like the high water mark. That of where would this be his best be. scenario possible. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I they have to have won their home opener against Denver, which I think to. they can do. Sure. And they either have to surprise Kansas City the next week, or they have to win a surprise somebody on the road. But somewhere in that first seven, they'll be two and five, yeah. and that's as good as it's going to get for them. I'm going to give them no chance against KC. Uh, they have a chance to beat Minnesota, but it's just that's well, such a early tough in the stadium. Se- early, yeah, early in the year, though, they might have a better chance against Kansas City than playing them later in the year, especially if they win week one against Denver. Well, maybe, but I mean, a healthy Mahomes and a well, healthy, I, I, assuming I, I, they're all healthy in week two. I said they've got to, they've got to, they've got to win week one, and they've got to, they've got to surprise somebody else. I'm going to give them no chance against at Indy, no chance against Chicago, no chance at Green Bay, basically no chance at Houston. Yeah, I mean, Denver, they could win, but it's not guaranteed. And Minnesota, yeah, two two and five tops. Two and five. And, and then they're out and of it. Two and five. And if, if listening to you kind of agreeing with what you're saying, one of the, that second win has to come either at Minnesota or at Houston. After that, yeah. Now, I mean, after that, it gets easier. Obviously, they get three home games in a row, and one's against the Chargers, which is likely lost, but two of them are at home against uh, Detroit and Cincy, which they could definitely win. Cincy will be a tire fire this year. But, you know, that first game, I don't care what anybody says, and you know this as a gambler, that first game after a long road trip, whatever in, in whatever professional sport you're in, that first home game after a long road trip is usually a bound to fail for the home team. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I remember years, even when the Lakers were great, the Lakers home opener, when they'd get their ring ceremony every year after winning a championship, that first game, they'd lay an egg and lose to some crappy team. The day they get their rings. I don't know what it was, but for some reason, after a long road trip, watch it. If you, you figured it out, you know exactly what I mean, but maybe more prevalent in the NBA, major league baseball and the NHL because their games are so close together. But, um, I think that first game back for Oakland after that massive, seemingly two-month road trip, that first game in Oakland's going to be a bomb too. Yes, and that's against the Lions. So if they blow that, then they blow that, and then they done. blow, and then they blow against the Chargers. I mean, yeah. yeah, you can beat Cincy, but yikes! I mean, after that, you have to play the Jets at the Jets, who I think are great. At the Chiefs, good luck. The Jets are getting better. The Jets aren't great yet. Well, no, but I Adam think they're going to take a step. Adam Gaze is still the coach. They're going to take a big step, I think, this year. And he's been, other than press conferences, Adam Gaze <laughs> has been a great coach. Yeah. I don't know what... My problem with Adam Gaze is this, is that in Chicago, he was given more credit than he could possibly truly been afforded because he did something profitable with Jay Cutler. I mean, that does take a coaching job. But um, he had the same opportunity in Miami, and uh, I think he's got a lot to prove. Uh, and then come in to New York and have a role played in the general manager who just gave you the head coaching job to get your ass fired like six weeks later. Adam Gaze has some people to prove this year, I, I think. And, he, and I would hope that Adam Gaze would be the first one to tell you that he's got to prove some of this worth because this is a guy that's got, remember, a career-losing record as a, as a head coach. He's been given awful lot of authority in New York. He has. But I mean, I think if there's one player in the whole league who has to take a step forward, but has a very good chance of doing that this year, it's Sam Darnold. He has to prove that he's not, he doesn't throw too many interceptions. But does he, what what is he, what is besides handing off to Le'Veon Bell and potentially getting him involved 500 times this Mm -hmm. season, either running or catching the football, but what are, what does his receiving core look like? So I, I really like Robbie Anderson. Okay. I really like Robbie Anderson a lot. I like the pickup of Jamison Crowder as a slot guy because okay. because when you have a really talented guy like that, when you have a young quarterback, you want to give him outlets. So between having Le'Veon Bell out of the backfield and having Jamison Crowder in the slot, mm-hmm. I think that Darnold will have a lot of really good check down options. He's also got Chris Herndon, who is emerging as a tight end. He's suspended for the first four games of the season. But other than that, when he's... I think he can really help reduce his interception total by having Bell and Herndon and uh, Crowder to throw to there. Have they done anything along the offensive line to keep him upright? Uh, they've added guys. I don't remember if any of them are blowing my mind, really. They added a couple Because centers. that's one thing that Sam Darnold does not possess in great. He's got a shiftiness to him, but he is never going to be flat-out quick. I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes Sam Darnold look fast or slow. or Oh, yeah. Yeah, Aaron. Whatever. Aaron Rodgers makes uh, Sam Darnold look slow. Certainly. There you go. Certainly. I mean, but Aaron Rodgers is is a good scrambling quarterback. Well, he is. But I'm saying one of the things New York would have to, I would assume, want to have improved since last season is their offensive line play because Darnold is not the most mobile quarterback in the National Football League. And if there were some hesitation about him at one point, um, maybe that would have been it. Um, you know, we've seen Josh Allen. uh, hurdle over guys you know so uh that would be the thing that if new york has improved their offensive line with some of the weapons that you're talking about that he can throw to but uh adam gaze has got to prove that adam gaze is as good as his reputation is around the national football league and he's had a lot thrown at him in his short tenure already 
with the New York Jets. The New York Jets, let's let's be honest, folks, the don't, New York Jets do not have the New England Patriots of reputations in the National Football League. The the Johnsons have not, uh, you know, they have not been the greatest of owners in some of their hires over the years. I mean, these guys once hired, who was that one idiot that, oh, uh, Rich Kotite. I mean, you've hired Rich Kotite once on your resume, you're scarred for life, buddy. Um, I want to talk about, as we say hello again and welcome you into this 371st episode of Unscripted, and uh, Mike and Chris with you. We were talking about Oakland. We're talking about uh, uh, how important... Uh, we were talking about the ratings and, and how people, we think, are both giving a little bit too much credit to the Oakland Raiders in year two of the John Gruden administration. Um, I guess he was really entertaining the other day on Hard Knocks when he addressed well, the team. that's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. But their best television ratings this year in Oakland are going to be from Hard Knocks. It's not going to be from their their mm-hmm. their games on the on the on the field. Well, other than it's they're the just, last year to enjoy them, though, right. in Oakland. But there's just there's just not enough talent there. I mean, Antonio Brown. They're building for the future. They're building in regard to Las Vegas with all these draft picks, and there's a lot of young talent there. But it's got to develop. And and uh, still under the I'm still a little bit surprised with their fourth overall pick, the kid out of uh, Clemson, but. I'll probably made a fool there, but well, but how about this though too? Like, so in addition to the schedule, but I just, just being totally... I, I just wanted to real oh, quick. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. But real quick though, we were talking about Derek Carr, and I was telling you this before. According to somebody, that's how I was going to mm. preface this by saying, according to somebody, I don't know who the source is. I read it. I didn't document who the source was. So, if I'm insulting somebody, you're an idiot for believing this anyway. According to somebody. When talking about potential National Football League MVPs, the names of Derek Carr and Nick Foles are supposedly popular bets to win the award. And I'm thinking, what kind of publication would get behind these two guys as potential NFL MVPs? Now, I know the last couple years, folks, the Philadelphia Eagles have been much better with Nick Foles under center than Carson Wentz, and I get that. The, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the, in the stats. The proof is in the playoff performances of the Eagles under Wentz versus under Nick Folds. But Nick Folds is going to Jacksonville. People go to die in Jacksonville. Washed up football players cannot. They, that's what they go to Jacksonville to do. Nick Folds is a good young quarterback. Maybe not so young anymore. But MVP? I'm sticking with guys named Mahomes, Breeze, Rodgers, and Brady for MVP. I don't see any publication that's getting behind either Derek Carr or Nick Foles as a potential 2019 NFL MVP. Yeah, well, the Nick Foles thing is pretty easy to dismiss because, I mean, yeah, he did great on two different stints with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, but it was really, really bad in uh, multiple other appearances on other teams. And so, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, he could be okay. Don't get me wrong. Oh, he's good. Yeah, absolutely. But MVP? No, that's ridiculous. But I want to talk about Derek Carr, though. So Please. Yeah, Derek Carr, do you remember? It seems like a long time ago now, but it's, 
it was only a couple of years ago that everyone was thinking that the Oakland Raiders were going to win the Super Bowl with Derek Carr, and he was looking good, and things were going well, and then he got hurt. And if he wouldn't Correct. have gotten hurt... Broke he, his leg. People were interested. People wanted to see him healthy with the Raiders against the Patriots, and they thought that they could knock off the Patriots, and just everything was clicking for the Raiders yep. after a long time of not. Yep. And now Derek Carr has just looked incredibly pedestrian. So the thing, the way that this is really going to hurt them, besides on the field, is... When you have all these uh, controversial guys, which I get it, it's the Oakland Raiders, you're supposed to have all these misfits in there and they kick ass and they take cheap shots and whatever. And you have guys like Antonio Brown and Vontez Perfect that are prima donnas or, or messed in the head or whatever. What's going to happen when Antonio Brown realizes that not every quarterback in the NFL is as good as Ben Roethlisberger and he's been taking that and playing for a solid organization with great ownership for granted? And you have Derek Carr not hitting him pinpoint passes or deep shots all the time. And he gets frustrated with not only that, but losing partly because the schedule is so tough. And then the locker room is a complete mess. It's going to be an absolute disaster. And to a degree, it starts with Derek Carr. And he just, he isn't a tough quarterback. He's somewhat injury prone. He, he's mentally not tough at all. And he just isn't that accurate of a passer. And that's tough to get better at at the NFL level. And I don't believe in him at all anymore. I feel bad for his brother, first overall pick in 2002 for the Houston Texans, who just got hung out to dry with no offensive line. And it's just it's just a really sad thing. That whole family, it's like some sort of Shakespearean tragedy. This, <laughs> this family just sending quarterbacks to the NFL to get murdered. And I think that I'm almost surprised that the team didn't trade him, not just because of his performance on the field, but because of just how he is in the locker room. He's not a natural leader. He's not tough or strong in any way. And I don't think that the team believes in him that much. Uh, they severely overpaid him. What are they giving? A $25 million a year, I believe. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I, and John Gruden doesn't seem to like him very much. Like you've seen them on the sidelines. They don't seem to get along at all. I don't know how this happened, how they still have him as the quarterback. And I just think it's a disaster waiting to happen. And the Oakland Raiders, it's going to get worse and worse every week, I think. I could see them looking good after week one, and it's all downhill after that. And even if the schedule was favorable, I think Derek Carr would be the weak point that would let them down in the end. Before we get out of here on this 371st episode of Unscripted, I do want to send congratulations to a guy that I think and I think Chris will agree with me, um, but I think this was a really smart decision by the Seattle Seahawks organization by making Bobby Wagner the NFL's highest-paid inside linebacker with a three-year, $54 million contract extension. Congratulations, Bobby. And um, you've, you've committed the big money to Russell Wilson on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the Seahawks have a great trust and confidence in Bobby Wagner to be that guy on the defensive side of the ball. And I think this was a really good move by John Schneider, Pete Carroll, and uh, the rest of the front office of the Seattle Seahawks. A good move. It's going to be a long year, I believe, in Seattle. I really do. But uh, it'll be a lot less, uh, a lot less uh, difficult a year with Bobby Wagner still patrolling on the defensive side of the football for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Bobby Wagner, as we went over last week, uh, one of the four players in the NFL to get a 99, which is, yes. for their purposes, the best rating you can get uh, in Madden 20. And he really is. He's really amazing. He's the last guy left from their great defenses a few years ago, uh, other than perhaps K.J. Wright. 
And uh, I saw a podcast the other day that was kind of a sports podcast, and they said that you could make the case that Russell Wilson should be the MVP of the league every year because he takes them from basically a zero-win team without him. You stick, like, isn't, or no, they don't have him anymore, I don't think, but they had for a while. Remember they had his backup, what's the Green Bay? Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley, yeah. yeah. yeah Brett Hundley, Brett Hundley thinks he's, start, he's in the competition for the starting quarterback in Arizona now yeah. with Kyler Murray. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. But, uh, he so, drinks at work. <laughs> yeah, like, like imagine you put Brett Hundley on, as the quarterback of the Seahawks. Like, they don't, they don't win a game. Even with Bobby Wagner, they, they don't win a game, right? And so, no. Russell Wilson, you have to take him from you zero know, or one I, win to seven or eight or nine or ten. I, 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 you know, those, whoever you heard that, that that's, uh, that's pretty accurate. I mean, because Seattle is really non-existent without number three. Yeah. I mean, Brett Hundley, when he was a starting quarterback for eight games in Green Bay a couple of years ago with the broken collarbone with, with Rodgers, had to go to overtime to beat a winless team, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns, and had to go to overtime in Lambeau to beat it. would ended up to be about a four-win Tampa winning team in Lambeau to beat him a couple of years ago. Uh, I That... that uh, those guys are you seriously, but that, yeah, that's it's, it's that's a great, a great point. thing. It's I, a great point. I never thought of it that way, uh, but yeah, but and they don't give him any help at all. I mean, I know they traded for Dwayne Brown, who's been whatever, but they just they just rely on him to do everything, and and their running backs are actually quite underrated, like Chris Carson, especially especially in the red zone, very underrated. For a while there last year, they had the number one rushing offense with yeah. no O line. Like, how right. do you do? How do you do that? It's well, just, it's incredible, but. Uh, I mean, Tyler Lockett should look good this year. But getting back to the point, uh, Bobby Wagner, that defense is nothing special anymore. And to get Bobby Wagner re-signed, I think, was really important because they at least need to have him because he's such a difference maker. That's great. You have to have a team with someone other than Russell Wilson on it. And uh, no one's shedding outside Seattle is shedding too many tears about the cocky Seahawks not being great anymore. And remember how they were just rock solid and every home game was an automatic win no matter who they faced. And that was that was really annoying, uh, but uh, now those days are gone, thankfully. Russell Wilson can keep him in it, but on the defensive side of the ball, Bobby Wagner looks like he can teleport when he's out there. Like He can just be wherever he wants at any given time, and he's scary to play against, and that's a great re-signing. We've got a run on this 371st episode of Unscripted. As always, we thank you for joining us and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.